when it comes to what you spend your day doing, whether you're a real estate agent or a real estate investor, I think it's important that you understand your money-making activities. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on, how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners, and that is that he's offering a free coaching session. Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend them. I've worked with them before. I'm currently working with them right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take him up on his offer. Get a free coaching session. Coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners. Hi, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluffy stuff. We don't talk about the fluffy stuff. We only talk about real estate advice that moves you forward. That's it. And with us today, we have a wonderful best ever guest. How you doing, Tony Cox? Joe, I'm doing great. A little bit about Tony, and then we'll get into it. Tony is based in Phoenix, Arizona. He has 16 years of experience in real estate. He has owned in the past his own brokerage. He has also been a productivity coach at a couple Keller Williams offices. He currently teaches at the Arizona School of Real Estate, and he's been coaching and training since 2001. With that being said, Tony, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and then what you're focused on right now? You bet. So I was I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and grew up in my dad's real estate office. He had his own commercial brokerage, and me and my siblings really grew up understanding development, investing. My dad was a big investor, did a lot of syndications, and real estate's just in our blood. You know, we all ended up in in various areas in the real estate world. Uh, moved out here to Phoenix in uh, 98, um, been licensed since then and doing quite a few things, not just selling and in the brokerage side of things. I've done some investing. I, I worked for a bid service back when the foreclosures and the short sales were through the roof and uh, just love everything about real estate, commercial, residential, and I enjoy training and coaching real estate agents on how to be super successful in this business. So your dad did syndications where he was raising money and buying stuff with investors and sharing in the profits, right? Correct. And what what type of deals is he doing? You name it, he did it. He passed away almost three years ago, and it's kind of interesting as, as we're looking at the estate and the big ball of wax that it is, we realize that even though he stayed on as a general partner and had the control for most everything, 
as we're kind of looking through everything, there's partners and other business partners, and most of them were older than he was. And so we're dealing with their children, their estates, as we are getting a, a feel for what it is that he owned and he put together. He did very little himself. Everything he did, he would bring in investors, he'd bring in friends and, and past business colleagues to invest together. But he did apartment complexes, uh, industrial warehouses, office buildings, self-storage units. He developed a, a big residential community with a, a world-class golf course outside of Albuquerque and just loved everything about it. How come uh, you didn't get into that? Well, <laughs> so there was a point where we decided that he and I get along a lot better if there's about <laughs> 400 miles between us. <laughs> And so I asked my wife, she's from Utah, and we wanted to be equidistant between her family and my family, and, and she's a city girl, so it was either Phoenix or Denver. And I asked her, do you want to be hot or do you want to be cold? And she was tired of the cold in Utah, so we picked Phoenix, and that's really the, the whole story why we are here. And it was good for us because me and my dad are just way too much alike. So it helped maintain that good relationship between the two of us by putting a little distance there. You understand that? Yes, I, I understand that with uh, certain certain people in, in my world. And uh, I, I think that with the, with the experience that you have, so you have been an agent for a while. How are you making money? You're an agent in what year? 1998, did I hear that right? So yeah, 97, I actually worked for my dad for a year, okay. did a lot of commercial leasing, 98, moved out here to Phoenix and hung my license. I think my first, my first company I hung it with was a Prudential residential company and just started selling homes. Okay. That was the primary means of your income for how long? Uh, up until about a year ago. Yeah. So you've been focused on selling homes for up to about a year ago in terms of at least it being your primary means of income. Right. Okay. Those are residential homes? Yes. In the Phoenix area? Phoenix area. Okay. And do you, did you uh, work with investors at all? I did. There was a time there, 2009, 2010, uh, when, when the market was just crashing and, and we started seeing a lot of outside money coming into Phoenix. The auctions and the foreclosures were through the roof. Uh, everyone was short selling. And it was easy to pick up investors then say, hey, you know, why don't I help you find the right properties? Or once you, if you're going to flip it, you know, let me list it with you. Let's get it marketed, get the best price for you. That put me in touch with some people who were bidding at the auctions for investors. I, I did a little stint with them as uh, more of a consultant and just loved that whole industry and getting to that and met some great investors from all over the country. I made a lot of money myself, made a lot of money with these investors as well. And what were you all investing in? It just residential homes, just fixing and flipping, buying something at the auction, you know, putting in carpet and countertops if it needed, cleaning it up, putting it back on the market, not looking for the home run, not getting greedy, you know, looking for, you know, an increase and then selling it and turning around and doing the next one. When you look at your time that you're allocating, I'm asking for maybe a couple of years ago when you were fixing and flipping homes with a group as well as selling homes. Uh, and I imagine, well, I know actually that you're also doing the coaching and training. Are you still selling homes? I'm not right now. I'm focused more on the coaching this year. Yeah. And, and how come the shift? You know, it was after my dad died. 
uh, it took me about a year to realize that my anchor to the sell side had gone. And, and I really had kind of one of those lost moments where it's like, wow, my dad's really gone. And started looking at other avenues, just kind of felt lost there for a while and gravitated more towards the training. It took me about a year to really back out completely of sales just because of all the residual business that we had and so on. And looked actually at some other industries outside of real estate, but realized this is in my blood. Uh, really found a, a great place with where I'm at right now, training and coaching real estate agents. And the funny story is I told my boss, a guy named Verl Workman, he's a national speaker and trainer. We coach real estate agents all over the country now. I told him the other day how much I resented him. He was a little taken back. I said, why is that? I said, Verl, where were you in 2006 when I had my own brokerage and I knew that I had no idea what I was doing? Only because his systems are so good and so simple, but no one had taught me. No one had taken me and said, hey, here's how you run a real estate brokerage or here's how you run a real estate team. And he laughed and I laughed because I was being, you know, I was joking kind of. And because of that, I'm very tempted, Joe, at this point to get back into it only because I see what we're doing with our training with real estate agents around the country and how we kind of have a, a rule, which is, you know, keep it super simple, you know, the KISS rule. And, and the systems are simple and they're very effective. When you were at the peak of selling the homes, how many homes or dollar amounts, what's, what's one way you can kind of give us an insight into the volume or the uh, transactions that you've been, you were doing? I think our first milestone that you want to get to as a residential real estate agent is one home a week. And unfortunately, I think the statistic is 7%. The top 7% of real estate agents in the country are at, you know, 52 homes a year, one a week. And I was happy to say that my peak, we were at that. And then we had a good year there for a couple of years of three or four a week. That's awesome. And, and that, when you say we, that's your brokerage? That would be my brokerage. That would be, and as a broker, you know, I was, I was also selling, some people call that a, a competing broker, but I was selling and training and managing my own agents. We had about 38 agents at our peak. Okay. And is that brokerage still in existence? No, that was, uh, we kind of rode the market down and, and crashed and burned and uh, learned a lot. It was a good time, but it was also the time when the market was shifting into short sales you know, we had a point here, I think it was 2008, 2009, where, you know, over 60%, 70% of all the transactions were either foreclosures or short sales. And the mistake I made is I didn't shift. I was still stuck in the old fashioned way of doing it. So that's kind of what you attribute to kind of the evolution that didn't happen. Right. It was a phenomenal education. And that's what got me into, you know, the bid service. And actually for a while there decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm seeing all these investors making money. So we, we got in and started flipping homes ourselves as well. And I want to get into some of the, the training that you're doing and the productivity stuff that you were doing. But I, I do want to ask kind of uh, about the the brokerage that, as you said, crashed and burned. Because I, I think it's important just to, for everybody, you know, myself included, to learn from others who have experience. And I think the best ever listeners can learn a lot from this. So... How long did you have the brokerage? 2006 to mid-2008, so two and a half years. Okay. And then in mid-2008, at what point did you know, okay, it's no longer, and what was kind of the tipping point? 
the tipping point was, and I hate to blame the market because it, it, it really wasn't the market, but getting to the point where standing in the middle of the road and waiting for a commission to come was no longer viable, where the market had shifted and we failed to do it. So that would have been probably at the end of 2007 is where we went from making a whole lot of money and business was really, really easy to oh my goodness, we've got to figure something out and watching everyone else kind of drop around us. And the ones that survived were the ones who shifted and we didn't. And so I think that was probably the tipping point where we went from a really, really good year to a really ugly year and finally deciding we got to, we got to cut our losses and move on. And my attitude was, if you can't beat them, join them. And that's when we got into the relationships with, you know, I hung my license with the Keller Williams office and started working with the investors and flipping some homes myself as well. Were you married at the time in 2008? Yeah. yeah. What's that like to have a conversation with your family? And now that you've bounced back and you know, you're, you're rocking and rolling, now you've got the benefit of perspective or looking back in the rearview mirror. But at the time, because some of the best ever listeners might be going through something like this right now, how does that conversation go? And what's that like? There were a couple of weeks. I mean, we got to the point where we actually decided we've got to short sell our own house. That was a really hard decision for us. First of all, I have to say my wife has always been my biggest supporter. She never once had any doubt that you know we were going to get through this, we were going to come out and, and be successful again. And she still has that attitude. She's my, my biggest fan and I love her so much for that. What was kind of neat is um, I was in my mid to late 30s at that time we were short selling, the business was closing, and it just felt like the world was crashing around us. And independently, I had about five or six older friends, guys either in the business or a couple of friends from my church group, who independently came up to me and said, Tony, you're going through a rough time, but let us tell you that you're going to be okay, you're going to get through it. And these were successful businessmen and people that I really looked up to, who told me their stories of, you know, the whole SNL crash in 1989 and how that took them out and guys that I never would have guessed had filed bankruptcy in the past and, and come out doing okay. In the course of about two weeks, I had five of these conversations and it really turned my attitude around and said, you know what, this is life, this happens. Uh, I'm a hard worker, I'm a smart guy, we are going to be okay. And I believe attitude is everything and that really changed things for me having that you know, getting back on that horse and, and, and working through some of the, the financial issues and finding solutions to, you know, to, to keep going and keep supporting the family. My kids always had a roof over their head and food to eat, and we made it work. From the opposite end of the spectrum, what was the tipping point that got you to where you're at now working with the group that you work with and doing the coaching and the training? It's networking. Um, I, you know, I, I, for a long time, I decided I was very well networked in the Phoenix area, and I still am, and I decided that's not enough. And so within the Keller Williams world, Keller Williams is a good network to start networking outside. I just started meeting people at conventions and putting names down and being very proactive in reaching out to people and getting to know them. And you know, one person leads you to another, leads you to another, and all of a sudden you've got tremendous opportunities. It's the same way with sales. You know, some of the best real estate agents make the majority of get the majority of their leads by referral because they are so well networked and connected. 
And I think that was a piece I didn't have until after I went through some of these tough times and said, you know what, let me reach out. You know, Phoenix is fine, but let me let me see if I, there's a bigger world out there and let me connect down on a bigger scale. Tony, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice ever is you make your money when you buy. And I know we've all heard that, you know, that's kind of what my dad always taught us. That's the investor's creed. You make your money when you buy. But if I can take that a step further, Joe. Yeah. When it comes to what you spend your day doing, whether you're a real estate agent or a real estate investor, I think it's important that you understand what your, we call it MMAs, your money-making activities. And so you don't make your money by doing the plumbing yourself. You don't make your money in residential real estate by putting in the sign and taking the photographs, inputting the information to the MLS, and printing up flyers. One of my rules is I don't do anything I can't pay someone else between $15 and $100 an hour to do because those tasks don't make me money. I want to spend my time doing the money-making activities, the things that actually bring in the money, and let me delegate to people I've hand-selected to do all that other stuff. Does that make sense? What specific things do you delegate right now to people and pay them between $15 and $100 an hour? In residential real estate, the three tasks that the, the top producers do, and this is their actual job description, they generate leads, they go on appointments, and they negotiate contracts. And if it's not one of those, and I'll give you a fourth one. A fourth one would be maybe managing their people. But if you're not doing one of those four tasks, then you're doing uh, a less productive activity. So everything else besides those things needs to be delegated. I'm the 911 guy. If there's a 911 issue or a negotiating issue with a client, you know, I'll get on the phone and I'll do it. If it's a 411 issue where I got to track down a, a signature or I need to schedule a, a showing or schedule an appraisal or something, there's someone else on the team in the group who can do that stuff. Let me spend most of my time generating new leads, following up with those leads and, and setting those appointments. And so right now, since you're not as active in selling, it's more on the training standpoint. Do you pay people 15 to $100 an hour to do stuff? So we have, we have an agent uh, out of California that books most of our, not all of them, but most of our speaking engagements. I get on the phone a couple days a week and I'm calling around saying, hey, I've got a great class on real estate systems. I'm calling brokerages. I'm calling boards of realtors and saying, let me come speak to your group. We know of the different conventions around the country. We want to be there. And so I'm doing some of that lead generation, but a lot of that's already happening behind the scenes, scenes with people we pay. Uh, we have a, a sales team that sets up our consultations for the training and for the coaching. And so I do a lot of lead follow-up, but I don't do a lot of initial lead calling because we, you know, we're paying salespeople to do that. They've got control of my calendar. And so when they set up, you know, there's a real estate agent I talked to the other day in Kentucky, and we did a deep dive into his business as kind of the consultation. And then that becomes kind of my sales pitch as well as, hey, you know, here's what you can get if you come in with the training and the coaching with us. Every Thursday, we do a national role play call. And I get to host that most Thursdays. And so we'll get some of our real estate training clients onto this national role play call. We have a script that we call LP Mama that is used to set the appointment. And we'll go through all of that. 
All of that behind the scenes stuff to set up that call is done by our tech people. They get to be on the call, but they don't get to talk. They're just kind of working, making sure all of the technology is going well so that we have a good connection and people can type in questions and they can answer them so that I'm focused on the call. You ready for the best ever lightning round? The best ever lightning round. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Do you have a fix and flip project that needs financing? Then go to fundthatflip.com. You can do the online application. Takes as little as five minutes to see if you're approved. And then you could be financed within seven days. Pretty quick stuff. They're an online lender. They specialize in fix and flip projects. Go to fundthatflip.com. Okay, Tony, what's the best ever book you've read? Uh, best ever book I read? Oh, that's a tough one. Because I'm, I'm always reading books. Um, I, I'll just, can I tell you the one that I'm really loving right now? That yeah, I'm let's hear it. Gotta grab it off my nightstand here. It's called The Game of Work by Charles Coonrant. Have you read this? Nope. It is phenomenal. And it's about making your work fun, but it's also comparing what we do for work to what we do with play and how we miss the mark a lot of times in our work by making it more difficult than it needs to be. Best ever deal you've done? Um, $1.3 million house here in Mesa, Arizona on a half acre, 4,200 square feet, and one of the easiest deals that ever happened as well. And is that uh, you were the agent that you were I was the broker and the agent at the time? Yeah, you were the what? I was a I was the broker and the agent. Okay, yeah. got it. Cool. Best ever way you like to give back? So we have a a family emergency fund that we try and build up every uh, you know every time it gets depleted, and we use it to help out with natural disasters around the world. And so we're about to send some money to Fiji right now. And we're actually trying to figure out a way to get some people through the Red Cross to go and take a two-week work vacation to go and actually be boots on the ground to help out as much as possible. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Hmm, that's a good question. The biggest mistake I've made is probably not understanding that not every task has the same value. Understanding systems to put into place, understanding hiring the right people and delegating. I was kind of a control freak with my brokerage and wanted to do everything and no one ever sat down and said, Tony, there are some CEO skills that you can learn that are very, very important. And lastly, Tony, what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? My email is tony at workmansuccesssystems.com. But probably the best way would be my cell phone. 602-881-6688. Tony, thank you so much for being on the show and talking about your story, how you got into the business, how it was doing really well. Then 2008 happened, the sky fell, where your brokerage, uh, as you call it, crashed and burned. Uh, But the lesson that you learned is that we've got to evolve Mm -hmm. and kind of shift with the winds. There's a Jim Rome quote, uh, I'm going to butcher it, but something like you, you can't determine the way the wind blows, but you can determine how you set your sail, something like that. I'm really grateful that we got into that portion as well as the tips that you have from both a productivity standpoint, 
where you mentioned just a second ago, not every task has the same value. I wrote that down and I bolded it. I was like, yes, so true. Underneath, I put so true, by the way. <laughs> right. Um, and, and then also working with really bringing people on so that you can focus on the tasks that have the highest value. And in a real estate agent's case, it's going to be generating leads, going on appointments, negotiating contracts, and perhaps managing people, number four. Thank you so much again for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Do you have a fix and flip project that needs financing? Then go to fundthatflip.com. You can do the online application. Takes as little as five minutes to see if you're approved. And then you could be financed within seven days. Pretty quick stuff. They're an online lender. They specialize in fix and flip projects. Go to fundthatflip.com.